Hello, hello, hello. My name is Nate Rossa and welcome back to I Just Can't Even With Myself Right Now, my personal pet project podcast where I discuss absolutely anything that comes to mind because limits are for losers and in my space, we follow the wind. So sit back, tense up, and enjoy NE Unleashed. And as always, live it up, folks, and make it happen. Alright, good morning, everybody. And I hope you guys actually have a well. Was like had a good night. I don't know how to say about me. Let's. I have. This, I'm on my second cup of coffee, and because of that, I have the capacity to function as a human being. So, <laughs> now do I rely on coffee necessarily? I am afraid to say yes because I have a feeling that I I am relying too much on the coffee. That is until I probably get stressed out and too much and I'd be like, no, I'm going to be a perfect human being. <laughs> <But> <laughs> moving along. That's actually not what I'm going to talk about. I'm not talking about coffee. What I want to talk about actually is age. And age is an interesting concept to me because I'm finding a discrepancy with my perception of age versus a lot of the people that I talk to. And I don't think I've, I haven't actually talked to anyone who's had my perception on age before, which I think is really funny because I was hoping that I would at least come across a person who, who treats it the same way. And for all of those who do, like if you're you know listening to, my, to this and you do re- uh, kind of resonate with what I'm about to say, then by all means, you guys let me know because I need to find my people. You know, I gotta find my people who, who treat age like it's the best thing ever. <laughs> So why do I think of that? So I don't find the problem growing old. I really don't see the big issue about it because I think that when you grow old, when you add the years, it's it's really just adding experience. You know, I don't. People keep telling me about all the things that come in when you when you age. You know, you have diseases, you have problems, you have your body aches, your back is just constantly in pain, you're getting like headaches, you can't eat the same foods you want, blah blah this, blah blah that. It doesn't, it doesn't really bring me down, if that makes sense. Um, I understand that those are real things that people kind of stress over. I understand that anxieties is true. Like, I'm not just trying to discount anybody's experiences. It's just that my personal perception is that I don't, I don't feel it. Like, I don't, I under, like, I get the, I get the exact same experiences. I get the exact same kind of situations and circumstances, but I don't feel the same way. I get excited. Right now, I'm, I'm turning 25 in about a few months, and I'm excited. I've always been excited. Like, ever since I was a kid, I've always been excited growing up. Um, and I feel like it's going to be a constant feeling, because I've never had the feeling of being satisfied with the age that I am now. Although, I had this conversation with a fellow ENFP, and she was really really adamant or not really adamant but she she was very confident saying that 24 was a pretty good age and I, I have to agree 24 objectively speaking has been the age where I got to do quite a few of the things that I wanted to do um but at least but actually I wanted to add that with that I also had a lot of restrictions also because when you're young in your 20s you're still trying to figure yourself out surprisingly so and if you're not trying to figure yourself out, you're also trying to accumulate as much resources as you can in order to move forward in life. Uh, try to learn how to save properly because you don't want to spend the, you know your 30s in debt, which is actually kind of 
crazy. You want to hope to be able to establish the proper adult routines that you're going to be able to use to carry you for the rest of your life. Which, by the way, is fantastic. And I really hope I'll be able to keep up with my whole lemon water every night, which hasn't been happening. <laughs> but going back to the whole age thing, like I don't really feel anxiety with it. And I'm not going to say the... I'm not gonna, I don't mean the, the illness that kind of hits people because I know that's a serious one. I'm just saying that the typical kind of anxious feelings that we get uh, throughout life, age is not a problem for me. And for all those who do relate to that, let me know what you guys think, because it's something that's been, I don't really know what to say to other people, you know, when they, when they come up to me and they go, oh, I I don't want to be 30. And I'm going, what do you mean? And then they say things like, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to do the things that I want to do. And then I would kind of gently nudge them back being like, well, you still can I mean, I know age, I mean, age is just a number. Uh, they're like, and then they start bringing up the whole back pain and, you know, they probably start getting diseases that they will never know. And then they have to go to doctors more often. And I'm going, okay, but you're just adding on to your care. Is that bad? That the self-caring, I mean, self-caring is a given. Self-caring is an obvious concept for us, though, because we've been doing this for the rest of our entire time on, on the planet we have to, if you want to extend our lifespan, we have to be able to care our, care our bodies to some extent. We have to get adequate sleep. We have to make sure that we're not taking in too much. As much as I love the excess, we have to keep that at a minimum because the excess puts a strain on our body. And it does make me wonder why that's a concerning factor. I didn't think that this was going to be a, a cause of emotional like, it has an emotional component to it, because I don't see it that way. And the sad, the funny thing is, is I'm kind of going to put this in as, like, is it because I'm an NE dom? Like, I'm always chasing the new, the novel. I never have time to, like, sit still and kind of process that. But processing it, processing it right now with you guys listening, it's interesting because I don't really feel differently. You know, I don't really go, oh, well, it's because I have a fear of this, a fear of that. I don't. I don't really have that happening for me i don't really see i don't see the point of it i so i had this question like come up to me as well and it was like do i feel like a sage or do i feel like like a smart person or something which is kind of funny to me because um i personally don't feel as if i have enough resources if that makes sense i don't really feel as if i have enough to go around with, which is not bad necessarily. It's just that like I don't necessarily feel like I'm the smartest person in the room, even though I strive to be the smartest person in the room, if that makes sense. And well, do I come off that way to other people? I would say no, because a lot of the folks look to me as the comic relief. You know, I'm the guy that I made this joke um, in a group of people, like in a horror movie or a horror movie trope, like I would either be the first one to die the first one to just to go away and evade the entire situation or the first one or the survivor at the end and then dies like near the end like as like the the comic ending because my personal like vibe that i bring into the table comes off very like it's not exactly worthy of drama like it's not really something that you would have drama because it's like i would just kind of call you out if that makes sense and I and I kind of kill the tension. There we go. I kill the tension when when it happens. So how that relates to to the thing is, just I don't project a vibe that I'm a sage or some kind of scholar or some kind of academic kind of presence. I'm more of the the smiley guy, 
you know, that you show up and you feel like you could talk to me. And that's fine, because we will. Okay, I will talk to you. <laughs> and then maybe it's probably because I'm a seven, too. Like, I don't really doubt uh, the, the worries of life. Now, granted, I have to kind of be careful with those kinds of wording with myself because I'm a seven. Because I don't want to be locked in this being, like, delusional, you know, and that I, oh, but I'm totally immune to everything. And then the entire time, I'm just, like, lying to myself. Um... So every year I try to process, I try to induce an introspection moment uh, to try to be able to to get to the bottom of it if my feelings about age are going to change every year. Um, am I going to shift it? This this weird thing is, is ever since like all the years have passed, I've never had that. Still, like I've as much as I've been doing this all the time, I've never had this. Like I've had my parents always tell me like, oh, you're going to regret it when you're older. You're going to regret this when you're older or you're going to learn your lesson. You're going to be like, yeah, yes, you, you're you right, mom. You're right, dad. Everything's just a terrible life now and I should have done this. To me, it doesn't make sense to say those things because should imply that I had an expectation, should imply that my idealized perception of the world is the reality that I, that needs to happen. But my idealized perception of the world is not reality. It's an ideal for that reason. Like, I'm not... Why would I project an idealized projection if I'm not even actively trying to apply that to happen? You know, like, it's... It doesn't make sense to me. Um, if I were to apply something, I would have to keep in mind the the limits that reality offers. You know, like, there's always going to be in the back of my mind a situation where I could die tomorrow or I could die today. That's that's definitely there. There's also going to have a process about like what is up with with life, like what is up with how it's gonna affect me. I don't really see like that. I don't know. Like I just I don't. Every year I don't have that problem. So I'm I don't want to say like I'm confident that I'm not gonna have this problem when I hit my thirties. Which if I'm continuing this podcast <laughs> even until my thirties, by all means, like let me know or like I will let you guys know if if the world has changed by then. Um, I mean, I've been reading up on Graves' theory every now and then, and like Claire Graves did that whole really long study where, you know, in every 10 years, he asked a person what their meaning of success is. And I don't know how that goes for me. It'd be really fascinating to see that be applied and see how I change throughout the years, because it would be really cool to to kind of process and even like go back to previous episodes and previous like videos and to watch how far I've, I've come. And I think that's really, I think there's something good about that. And I'm really excited. And see, like, I, I don't know if you guys can tell in my voice, but I get excited when things like that come up. So I don't really know if, you know, if I should be worried. Or if when I do worry, it's it's not a negative thing. It's like a positive worrying, if that makes sense. You know, like, it's a worrying knowing that it's a part of life, and I'm fine with that. And... You know, looking at trying to apply other systems like personality systems into the process and trying to see if I can wrap my head around it. I think I'm going to be content knowing that it's probably because there is some kind of ignoring. I don't know if it's ignoring NI, um, role SE being like just taking it for what it is, or is it just me like being more receptive to the the NE or the the SI or whatever, and like just to make that happen because I'm not sure. You know, like I'm I don't know. I really, I don't understand. I don't know what's, what's, what, go, what could happen and all that good stuff. So, so yeah, it's like, it's really, and back to the whole, like, me projecting, like, that stage thing. I don't, it's kind of funny to me because I don't really know 
if I'll ever. That's the one. That, I mean, that's probably the price to pay being an any dom. Like I don't really know exactly either what kind of image I'm also projecting to the world, because. Uh, do I come off as the old man? No. I know lots of friends who, they're really young. You know, they're hit, they're like probably just graduating high school. And people look to them for advice because they can just, because they have NI, you know. And if they're not NI, they're, they have SI or they have SE and they're just really good at just making it, just giving the good advice. I, I'm not, I'm not taking that role. Um, I live in the world of possibilities and the realm of potentials. So whenever you ask me, every answer you will get is always going to be open-ended. I will try to give you a conclusion, but every now and then I'm going to like tweak it a bit to keep it open-ended. And that's just kind of like a bad habit of mine, but also very part of how my cognitive process works. And like being aware of other types has allowed me to like give you guys the proper conclusion that you probably would appreciate. Like I know the TJs and the FJs in the house would definitely would want to hear that more. Uh, but my usual, my standard, my default isn't like that. So it's funny sometimes though, that when I see people who kind of go to these people for advice, and this isn't a shade, by the way, this isn't a shade to them necessarily. Just that my SI has grown to gain experiences with my Andy. Like I've been pushing myself to explore as much as I can. So when I give advice, it's very FI based. Like it's very from my personal experience. It's very like gauging distances, all that good stuff. Um, but because I don't give off the vibe that I'm a sage, nobody really comes to me for advice. <laughs> Which, by the way, is okay. Actually, looking back into that, that's fine. Not because I'm some selfish person, but because I feel like if you really were to come to me for advice, it's either you one you've seen that I have the potential to give you the right one, um, you trust me with this information, or you chanced upon me accidentally. Um, using the system of the gods and goddess archetype, it, I relate heavily to the Hermes one, where I don't really find... I don't go out and help people, if that makes sense. I kind of show up when people are having problems and they need help, and I'm just like, oh, hey, you look like you need a hand. You know, that's kind of my deal. Uh, I don't I don't actively come off like I'm trying to be some kind of, look at me, I'm such, I'm the Mother Teresa of my friendship group. Like, I'm not, actually. It's, I have people who are like that. There are, there are type twos in the Enneagram system in my friend circle who fulfill that role very nicely. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> but, like, is it, it, I just find it hilarious that that's kind of, like, how it became, or how it came to be. It's just kind of interesting. Um, I kind of just feel like my place on the planet is to just be my best and to have fun doing it, if that makes sense. Uh, I know that, like, the pressure, the stress, the tension, like, I learned that when I was young that this is going to happen to me, that there are going to be anxieties. And since I've known it, and since I'm aware of it, I don't really see why I can't, you know, deal with it now. Because you know how like knowing is only half the battle. You know all those idioms that tell us that doing more accumulation of knowledge is the bit, is the way to contain fear, and all that good stuff. So it's really cool how everything is kind of like coming together. At least and at least I, I'm gonna apologize if you, you know that you guys are gonna be now part of my processing system because this is apparently what this medium has now done to me. <laughs> so age. I'm going to say that I'm going to go back to that full circle now that I've babbled along all kinds of all kinds of these contexts. Uh, there's also that kind of follow-up on fear of death. I've 
spoken with a few folks who've talked about fear of death. They talked about death in a sense that's kind of difficult for them to to kind of process or difficult for them to accept. And that's gotten me really interesting um, or intrigued very much so because I don't have that. And I think it's another, maybe it's another part of a factor in about my conception of age because I don't have that problem. Uh, I live my life knowing that I will die. Like I'm not denying that or rejectful of the death concept, but I'm also not against accepting it with, with open arms, if that makes sense. Because if I died tomorrow, I died having had fucked my all, having done my best. And that's kind of like where, um, well, let me elaborate a little bit on that. Death to me is like a resting period. I don't really believe in things like the afterlife. Like I don't really think of those things. Um, I don't think of that as necessary to my contentment, my satisfaction, my happiness. Um, I think the belief system is for the most part kind of useless in my end. However, and that's the reason why I say that is because Death to me now, the pers- my perspective of it, is that I think that when you die, it's the complete opposite of life. Therefore, because it's the complete opposite of life, it is the void, it is the nothing. And because it is the nothing, it is a place of rest, eternal rest, where I don't have to worry. I don't have to deal with the stress that life has given me. And it's given me this perception that like that's why I should enjoy life, because Life has all the goods, the bads. You know, you, you say your oath to your loved one when you get married, like, um, you know, till, till through thick and through thin, from death you part, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that is life. We're unfortunately married to life for the rest of our lives. And death is the only time to free us. And freeing us from that is freeing us from the constant action, the movement, the motion, the motions. They go away when we die. And I think that is, there's something comforting about that. There's something comforting having done your best and you get to rest. Um, and to me, it's, the, I mean, the, the argument kicks in where like, well, why don't you just go ahead? You know, why don't you just embrace death then? And the thing is, is I don't want to do that because to me, that eternal rest is a reward. I think that that to me is the end all of everything requires me to at least make it worth it. And that's where we as humans, with our emotional, conceptual kind of concept about emotions and values, that the only way things mean something is if we ourselves apply meaning to it. So for death to mean something to me, personally, I, I want to say that I feel like I've earned th- that rest. You know, I'm going to do the best in my world, and I want to keep doing all that I can to be a good person, despite my flaws, and hope that when I do die, like, I can sit on, like, the bed and on my deathbed or something, and, you know, nod in agreement that I've done my best. Um, frankly, I don't want to leave knowing that a lot of folks are suffering around me, because that's, like, definitely not on my mind, and definitely not going to be on my on my list of things to forget. For, to forget. Um, and that's why I think concepts like forgiveness and, and like, forgetting is actually very easy. Um, forgiveness, I like to give for free. A lot of the times, I don't ask you to do something for me, I don't really see the point in that, because when we do die, it doesn't really matter. You know, I don't understand people's, like, little tidbits where, oh, like, you're gonna hate it when I die, like, you're gonna make a person suffer with your loss of life, like, I think that's kind of awkward to me, and I don't really get that. So, I really think that it's really important to understand that if death is the end-all, and it's the rest period, then aging is fine. Aging is your pathway towards rest. And because it's the pathway to your eternal rest, 
then you get to do all the things you want to be able to do. You be the best person that you can be. You know, be apply the strengths, gener- um, kind of generate yourself, like, all the productivity, all the power that you can ever attain and become the person you need to be, want to be, whatever, so that when you die, everything's good. And I think that's kind of like a kind of a lesson that I've been observing people, um, a lot of folks who, who die happy, if that makes sense. Um, and I kind of want to be one of those people. <laughs> and I also want my funeral to be a party, if that means, you know, I'm just going to put that down there, okay? Like, I want everyone to be a party. I want to celebrate the life that I had. And I think that's what's, I want everyone to have that experience. You know, I want everyone to celebrate life and celebrate it for all the, because I, I feel like people kind of like to apply fantasies a little, a little bit. And I'm not discounting the writers and the fantasy authors out there because you guys make life a lot more interesting than it actually is and that's cool too you know i (laughs) i'm a fantasy writer you know i use it to process my emotions sometimes and it's kind of funny to kind of play that all around the you know all around in my head because i'm going oh well here we are right like we've done our best to contribute to as much as we can to the lives of the people we've touched metaphorically speaking because (laughs) <laughs> what? <laughs> so that's why it's kind of funny that I've never really, I guess, understood the the anxieties that other people kind of go through. And I think that's why I wanted to make this podcast or this episode, because I think it'd be really interesting to kind of explain, express myself through this medium about my kind of belief system on that, because I really think that it's very important to to like appreciate the things around you because I have such a hard time doing that as well. Um, I like to move around really fast and I grant I'm not an SC user, so I'm, I'm basically just like flexing right now, but I, I do like to keep moving. I like to keep mobile. Um, it's really hard for me to sit still. So to have that, I feel like I'm too young. You know, I, I still feel like I'm too young to, to handle, um, the the future which is kind of funny because i feel like a lot of the times i'm doing is preparing and i don't know if this is so much as i am i'm not backtracking because i still don't feel the the stress and anxieties i'm moving along life having had that truth already uh does that make me wise i don't know does that obviously will not give me the vibe that i am wise because you'll always see me as this person that's bright like always oh hey how are you good morning everything's good stuff and I mean, it is, right? Like, it's what's the big deal? What's the problem? It isn't. There isn't a problem. (laughs) I I don't see a problem, actually. Everything's all good in the hood. So, I think it's just really... How did I come across this death concept? Like, why do I have this? I, I actually can provide a source, actually. Back in high school, I was in art class. And I don't know why I took art class for five years. I didn't really think that... I was actually going to love writing more, but I took art class, and cause maybe because I thought that there was a way I could be able to bring out my my ideas onto the pa- onto a piece of paper. Um, I wanted to be able to learn the techniques to be able to because like if I I don't know I didn't feel like I relied or necessarily wanted to excuse me to rely on other people to produce the the ideas that I wanted onto the world, and so because of that I didn't want to kind of do that like I didn't want to like make that happen so I was kind of it's not really important to me necessarily but you know alas 
what ended up happening was that so I took it for five years and let me give you guys the context of why this is relevant so every year in art class I got the same teacher now the he has a particular system formula when it comes to producing artwork so every month is a new project because you have what like nine months of school give or take so with nine months of school, you have to be able to produce at least, or he gives you a brainstorming period for the first two weeks of that month. So let's say in September, you have two weeks of, uh, two weeks of, what is it, like, of brainstorming. Um, you are expected to produce, fill up at least uh, five to ten pages of ideas that you're going to be able to pick your final one. And then the last two weeks of that month would be producing the artwork. You know, actually making it happen, whether that be through um, linoleum, like printing, uh, painting, uh, draw, like sketching, drawing, um, even collaging and scrapbook. Like, there's a lot of different varieties. Now, let me give you guys the the hilarity. The theme every month or every year <laughs> has been death, guys. You know, ladies and gentlemen, um, and other folks. It's death that is the theme every every month and every year and it's kind of hilarious to kind of think about it now and every time I look back on it it just it just makes me laugh because I never understood why I kept taking art because I guess I was just hoping that there was just going to be something different and I just wasn't really feeling uh the other free courses like other free classes to take and I just I was like okay well I'll just take a, like an easy course or something um and it just kind of frustrated me because look let me give you guys more chaos to add to this. Um, as an NE Dom who thrives in brainstorm sessions, I didn't make five to ten pages. Okay, I made twenty. Okay, it was each page um, double sided, a new idea every time. So you guys do the math. Okay, it's twenty pages every every month. Okay, so that's like nine times twenty. Now multiply that by five years. Like, that's just how it was. You know, like, that's just ended up... So I literally had so much ideas on death that I was just kind of sick of it. I was just like, what is the fascination with death? I don't understand the the concept anymore. Um, so a part of me believes that this shaped my perception on, on how I am as an adult now, which I don't know if you guys ever be able to expose... be exposed to that kind of... <laughs> Because oh, I know some folks still have that same um, kind of fear, uh, problems, stress when talking about it, even after they've experienced that. But with me, I, I kind of am um, like, no. And I've been to maybe 10 funerals in the past. And, you know, all most of them open caskets. I got to see, you know, I got to see them. I got to, you know, I got to really experience what it's like. But I felt more happy. Not because they're dead, but because the, the event was a celebration of their life. It was, just, it was a way to talk about them for the almost like for the first time they could literally talk about them um, and appreciate it how it heals all of us present in the room, which I think is really I think it's lovely. Like that's that's something I feel is really nice. Um, and at the same time, I have to say like I have to acknowledge the other perspective. I personally do not want to only have my funeral as the only time people talk about me in a good light, if that makes sense. If that was how it is every funeral, that is actually kind of sad, because then we should have at least been able to 
project ourselves as a per- as a human being as a good person so that they will always say good about us you know that we're trying our best i don't really see why we can't do that now when we're living you know like i have both things i want to accomplish like being able to you know generate kindness and warmth if i can knowing how cold an SPSO could be to everybody I meet as much as I can, right? Or at least produce a smile with everybody. And then um, be able to have a grand old party at the end of it all. I I want to be able to see everyone happy. And and I think that's a major part of of our lives that we kind of miss out on. You know, like we... I, I'm one of those people that sometimes I forget to smell the roses. Sometimes I forget that life isn't all about moving around in action, and we can't just sit still and take it, take the, um, take that meditational concept. Oh, oh, I do not like doing that. It's, it's weird. The first time I had it was the best experience ever, and then every time I try to do it, it just, it just doesn't work. Which will probably be for you know, another, another episode for you guys who are type nines, like send me your ASMR videos or something. (laughs) I need to fall asleep. (laughs) I'm kidding. I I fall asleep fine. It's just that saying that like, it's for some reason I, it's so hard. I don't know why. Um, maybe because I'm just, my mind's just too out there, too active. I'm not sure. But anyways, um, I'd like to say thank you guys for for listening um thank you guys for tuning in i really appreciate the people who take their time to to kind of listen to me babble um a person actually brought up brought it to my attention that there is a niche of folks who enjoy it and for that i really appreciate those people because i've never really thought of myself as that kind of person i just i'm that kind of person who just does it because i like it you know like i'm just doing this because it's fun and I really hope that that kind of vibe is conveyed to you all because I really like that. I really think it's 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 perfect. Um, and I mean, perfect in a relative sense because I, I believe in relative perfection. So, oh, which by the way, <laughs> that should be another episode. But anyways, thank you guys for listening, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.